Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Thursday, April 29th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content that really regrets not saying on the show. I know it was the episode title yesterday because I thought of it afterwards, but regrets not using the whoa, we're halfway there (laughs) reference with the Devils and Bon Jovi, New Jersey, blah, blah, blah. So I have very severe joke regrets about that (laughs) one. That would have been a really good one. You're right. I know. To keep track of our terrible dad jokes, follow us on Twitter at LockedOnFlyers and keep up to date on the team, our episodes, all that good stuff. You can also email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. We are your hosts. I'm Rachel. And I'm Danielle. And today's episode is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Today on the show, we are going to get caught up in a little bit of NHL news and talk about tonight's game three of four in the Devil's Week. And then we're going to do a little bit of a deep dive into Kevin Hayes so far this season and try and figure out what the real story is with him. You know, is he playing well? Is he not playing well? Because there are different opinions on that subject for sure. And then lastly, obviously the Flyers are not going to make the playoffs. And so, you know, it's time to maybe start turning our attention toward the draft. Locked on Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. So subscribe and you'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Sports Network. So catching up on some of that NHL news I just referred to, we learned that the All-Star Game is theoretically going to return next season. Uh, Frank Saravelli reported on Tuesday that that would be the case and it would likely be in Florida since that's where it was supposed to be this year. That makes a lot of sense. I think a lot of things that were canceled in locations, um, that's where they're going to end up doing it this this upcoming year. I hope it works out for them. One thing that I learned when I was reading up on this is that I didn't realize that Seattle was promised the All-Star Game in one of their first seven seasons of the franchise. So one of them coming hmm. up will be there. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't notice that either, but hopefully it's like not too soon because I'd love to go to Seattle for the All-Star game. So maybe yeah. <laughs> like not soon um, and then it'll be safe and we won't even think about questioning to go places. So that's very interesting. And, you know, talking more about that All-Star game One of the questions about it for next season is that it's an Olympic year and sometimes they don't have the all-star game when there's Mm -hmm. an Olympic year. It's varied from year to year, but uh, like in 2014, 2010 and 2006, they did not have an all-star game, but they did in 98 and 2002. So, you know, it's kind of up in the air whether or not the NHL players are even going to the Olympics next year. So I think for now that they're just going to plan to have an all-star game and, and see how that goes. I'm not a fan of that. I think they should scrap it. I want the NHL players to go to the Olympics, but maybe I'm just biased on the situation. 
Yeah. So once we sort of get more information on the Olympics, I think the whole all-star game will then fall into place. Not that it affects the Flyers in any way, shape or form, but there are some interesting factors related to the playoffs and the continuing border issues between the U.S. and Canada due to COVID. And, you know, the first two rounds of the playoffs are within divisions, so those should be fine to go because there wouldn't be any border crossing. But then once it hits that third round, the North Division up in Canada that team would have to play somebody from a different division. And so at that point, you know, which would be toward the beginning of June, I think, end of May, beginning of June, based on the calendar, if the border isn't open yet, they may have to figure out some special dispensations or quarantining or change the schedule, but they are planning for it, apparently. (laughs) All right, so heading into tonight's game versus the Devils once again it's kind of a moot point in terms of whether or not this game has any meaning but based on how the first two games went I feel like that these teams are in a playoff situation in terms of the aggressiveness and it's getting chippy and I think the Flyers are really bummed out that this comeback did not work in the last game as opposed to the first game this week so I don't know like what do you think we should be expecting from this game tonight what I expect to happen probably the like exact opposite of what I say so I don't know I I would expect the Flyers to come out stronger in the first period I mean that's something that they have not done yet in these uh past couple of games against the Devils Um, and coming off of a loss where they just couldn't uh, complete that comeback, like you said, a strong start would go a long way. I don't know. I wonder if A.V. keeps Zamula in the lineup. I mean, like I said, (laughs) when we were recapping the game, Zamula definitely didn't lose the game for them. But, I mean, I know that A.V. has has some pride and, and wants to try to win these games, so I'm wondering if maybe he goes back to the lineup that he had um on uh sun in sunday's game so those would probably be two things that i expect happening maybe a lineup change but definitely a a better first period now i won't say a better full 60 minutes because we have not seen that yet but definitely a better (laughs) first period i'm wondering if he breaks up that veteran line and just tries something different this time Especially because I think, you know, we're going to talk about Kevin Hayes, but I thought his line was struggling a little bit and Travis Konechny looked a little out of whack, particularly in the last game. So I'm wondering if they're going to try and do a little mixing and matching to try and kickstart some of those guys. Yeah, I mean, that would really be beneficial if you could try to do that. I'm not sure how it's going to work out, though. Yeah, and I'm betting that Alex Lyon will be in net, but... You know, stranger things have happened with this team and goaltending. I don't think putting Brian Elliott in (laughs) this game is going to give the Flyers the best case scenario in net, which is surprising. I mean, obviously you would rather go with Elliott than Lyon, but you want to give Elliott a break and hopefully, you know, come back with him uh, in the next game. But uh, I agree with you. I think Lyon is most likely in net. And with him being in net, they need to come out stronger in the in the beginning of each period and probably end each period stronger than they have 
So I think that's a tall order, but I think you're spot on (laughs) with that in terms of what they need to do. One other interesting note is that the Flyers could mathematically be eliminated from the playoffs today. They were removed from the money puck chart as of yesterday, officially, uh, because the percentage went well below like 0.01%. And so they're like, oh, sorry, we you don't even get a little orange strip anymore. That's very that's, sad. Yeah, that's hurtful. <laughs> Not <laughs> unexpected, but definitely hurtful. Yeah. So, you know, we have that to look forward to as well. One of the things that I like to do to cheer me up when the Flyers aren't playing so great is, you know, a little retail therapy and a great place to do it if you want to, like, do some big bang Retail therapy is BlueNile.com. They have an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy to yourself or any jewelry lover in your life. Yes, and they only use diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana. These 10 designers have mastered each a uniquely beautiful ring. They're ideal for engagements, Mother's Day, which is right around the corner, or just a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into anyone's life. They're available right now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. Yeah, this 10 by 10 collection has high quality fine jewelry that will absolutely surprise and delight. It's fairly priced, so you can give your loved one or yourself something special and truly meaningful. When I looked at these... The design by Harwell Godfrey stood out so much. I love it. It's a hexagonal setting, which reminds me of 70s sci-fi, which is totally my jam. So if you're in the hunt for a perfect, unique ring or a lifelong beautiful piece, you're definitely going to want to check these out. They won't be around long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. All right. So Kevin Hayes, Danielle. He's been a bit of a mystery this season, and I think just given the eye test, it feels like he is not having as good of a season, and I feel like watching games every so often, you'll just see somebody saying, oh, Kevin Hayes, like, why isn't he playing better? Why isn't he as good as last year? And so I wanted to kind of do a little bit of a deep dive into some underlying numbers and then just like talk about it and you know try and figure out is he in fact playing better or worse this season than last season and I think you know it was a little surprising some of the numbers that came out and some of them were not quite as surprising so looking at Rates because obviously there's a different number of games this season and this season isn't even complete. So we're going to look at mostly rates per 60 on some of these numbers. So if you look at points, last year he was just above two. This year he's at 1.87. So a little bit of a drop, but not like a cliff, right? Yeah, not anything that's like too surprising. I think you have here the year before he's he's like at 2.54 versus this year where he's at 1.87. So it's not that drastic of a a jump like that. But I mean, you would like it to be a little bit (laughs) like the same or above. 
Yeah. So I think there is a little bit of a drop again, but not a precipitous one in shots per 60 and expected goals per 60. Um, In shots, he was at 8.58 last season and this season to date, he's at 7.67. Expected goals last season was 0.83 and this year is 0.79. But his Corsi 4 percentage is higher this season at 53 point oh seven last season forty nine point five one these numbers so far that we've talked about suggest that you know his production is a little bit off but not that much but he's doing good things out on the ice because otherwise his Corsi would have been much lower as well yeah and I feel like this is where it kind of gets uh, where it gets a little confusing with the eye test, right? Because when you watch him, it doesn't seem like he's doing the the as much great stuff as he was last season, but he is playing better. And I mean, that's, that's a fact. You can see it in the numbers and the chances that he gets uh, when he's on the ice. It's just, unfortunately, the, the production isn't uh, going along with that. But just raw numbers, he has 11 goals and 16 assists for 27 points in the 49 games he's played so far this season. But he has two more power play points this year than last year as well. So again, production is a little bit of a mixed bag here, a little bit of drop off in some areas, but some increases in other areas. So then just like you said, the question becomes then, well, why does it seem like He's not playing as well. And I think where we find some answers here is in his like non-shooting play. And I think from, you know, just the eye test perspective, at least for me, it seems like what's been missing is a little bit more effort defensively. Like we haven't seen him do those really cool shorthanded breakaway attempts like he had last year that everybody loved just haven't seen that this year and I think that that is tied more directly to this non-shooting play that we're talking about so he is drawing more penalties than he did last season going from uh, 0.49 penalties per 60 to 0.76 this season and he is only slightly increased his giveaways. And I've seen people criticize that he's giving up the puck more. He is, but very imperceptively, 1.67 per 60 last season, 1.8 this season. But it's the takeaways where he's dropped off and he just hasn't had as active of a stick and hasn't gotten involved in the play to cut off passes and create more opportunities. Whereas, you know, last season he was at 2.11 takeaways per season and this season it's at 1.38. Yeah, and that's a big drop. And I think why people are so quick to point out the giveaways that he is uh, coughing up, it's just the the fact that last year it seemed like it was impossible to take Kevin Hayes off the puck. And if he was taken off the puck, he would get it right back. And that's just not translating this season. Yeah, I think that's really the biggest part of it for me is that it just doesn't seem like he is having as much jump and getting involved in plays that aren't offensive rushes like he did last year. Yeah, I mean, that it's glaringly obvious on the penalty kill. Um, I mean, that's when he got a ton of grade A chances. Again, mixed bag here that, you know, he really hasn't dropped off as much as people think he has. 
but it seems like it because of some of his defensive play or not creating as much offensive rushes or creating as many offensive, you know, first pass opportunities that lead to bigger plays. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And I just think one thing with Kevin Hayes, it really just looks like the way that the team goes is kind of the way that you perceive his play. Like it just, if the team's going good, he looks good. He, it looks like he has a def, uh, another jump uh, to his game and another level that he's about to reach. And when the team's not looking great, he doesn't stand out as much as he did. He does when they do look good. And I mean, yeah. I feel like that's definitely, I saw that when he went from the Rangers to the Jets and I felt like there was a, a jump in his play. I mean, granted, he was playing with Line A and I believe Ehlers at that time. Um, and then, you know, when the Flyers got him and he looked great <laughs> last season and the way the Flyers are going this season, or he's not standing out as much as he did before. That's interesting. It's almost like a chameleon theory for him <laughs> yeah. in his play that he just like matches his colors to whatever's going on around him. So I should mention that those numbers that we've referred to so far from natural stat trick and then we also took a look at hockeyviz.com which is an amazing site you should take a look at it if you ever have an opportunity but again some surprising numbers here uh, comparing the eye test to to the numbers where you know last season there was a 0.5 percent expected goal for increase when he was on the ice. And this year it's 4.4%, which is very, very surprising to me based on, again, this eye test that we're talking about. But the numbers are there to prove it, that the Flyers are scoring goals when he's out there on the ice. Which is so surprising because, like, again, I, I never really think of Kevin Hayes as an offensive impact for the team, but he absolutely is. And that's exactly what you want to see, especially that jump from last year to this year. It's a big jump. And um, it's just surprising. Yeah. And if you look at the corresponding heat map that goes along with it, uh, he's getting a lot of opportunities right in front as opposed to further back like he did last year. So I, you know, I think that there's an improvement there as well. And then defensively, it seems like he's doing better out there, but there's kind of a mismatch with expected goals against. And what we talked about earlier with the takeaways is that like once they get into the defensive zone, he's doing good things and lowering expected goals against for opposing teams. But then he doesn't turn around and turn those things into offensive opportunities. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And it, it's so surprising because he was actually worse uh, on the ice um, defending last season than he was um, in his own zone this season, which it's just mind-boggling to think because, I, again, like I said, I felt like Kevin Hayes was good defensively. But it's surprising that he's doing even better now. He's in the negative, which is what you want to see. Yeah, exactly. So... I don't know. Mystery solved about Kevin Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's something going on with the Flyers, but I, I don't think you can necessarily say that it's it, one of the biggest problems is Kevin Hayes for sure. Exactly. Well, you know, we're trying to figure out how to fix Kevin Hayes or if we need to fix Kevin Hayes. But one thing I do know is that when I need to fix my car, I go to rockauto.com. They're an amazing site for auto and body parts. They have 
great, reliably low prices, and they have so much to offer. They do not require a membership or an account login for you to get those good deals. And rockauto.com is a family business who's been serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. So you know that you can trust them. When you go to rockauto.com to shop for auto or body parts, they have hundreds of different manufacturers to choose from. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts, tail lamp, motor oil, even new carpet. And you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, Danielle, as we have been talking about, the NHL season is approaching the end, but there's still time to make some bets before they drop the puck each night. The perfect place to go for that is our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. And we mean all your sports action. There's hockey, the NBA, baseball, golf, and so many other sports that are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So like I said at the top of the show, it's time to just start dipping our toe into the pond that is the upcoming draft. It's being held July 23rd to 24th. And the draft lottery, though, is June 2nd. So kind of that's the first milestone that we have to look forward to since obviously we're not in the playoffs. The Flyers' current odds of winning the draft lottery as of Wednesday was at 2.2% per money puck. And that translates to 3.2% for a top two pick and 1.5% for the number one overall. So it's not zero, but it's not likely. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put my uh, get my hopes up on that. Right. And right now, the Flyers have one pick per round. Uh, We're currently in the 14th slot, but it's really the 13th because Arizona, who's ahead of us in the running, forfeited their pick because of the illegal activity that they did. So, and they are currently at 11. So that, uh, in reality, bumps up the Flyers to 13 right now. We'll take that. Of note, uh, round five is the Vegas pick that we got in a trade. So our pick is much lower that round. And so that's kind of where we are right now. And, you know, I think obviously the assumption would be that the Flyers are going to hold on to their first round pick until the lottery. And then once the lottery determines where the Flyers fall, which again is going to likely be in somewhere between like 12 and 15 or 16 is my guess. Uh, Then we'll figure out how much that first round draft pick is worth. Given all of that, let's talk about how we think Chuck Fletcher is going to approach the draft. What do you think he's going to do in terms of thinking about these picks as picks versus assets to trade? I don't think it's any surprise to anyone listening that I think that the first 
should be on the table to trade. I, I don't think, I mean, I'm not necessarily looking at players to be drafted um, or the Flyers to draft anyone in the first round. I think that's definitely something that you hold on to to make a move this um, offseason. So that's what I'm expecting Chuck to do. I'd be really surprised if we ended up get uh, keeping the first round pick. But say something happens where, you know, you keep the first, you trade the second and third or something like that. Um, maybe that would make a little bit more sense. But I'm looking lower in the rounds just because I expect the Flyers to keep those draft picks. But um, I do expect like the first or the second to get moved um, for something that can help the team now. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you there and that I don't think it's worth spending too much time looking at first round potential picks to think in terms of who the Flyers might choose. I mean, obviously they're going to do it, right? Because NHL teams do their due diligence and they have their draft boards and whatnot. And, And it could turn out that they don't trade the pick so it's good to know what's out there but just from a fan perspective I wouldn't be looking at top round picks in terms of getting excited about any players or you know doing tremendous amounts of deep dives into those players I think it's more useful to really dig further into people who are projected into the second or third round as a jumping off point yeah I agree And then I think the other thing that Chuck Fletcher and his team are going to look at is potentially targeting players in Europe or the queue more than OHL or WHL this year, just because they've actually played games in the last year. Uh, The WHL had some games, but then had to suspend activity. The OHL never happened this season. And so I'm wondering how that's affecting their scouting and their evaluation. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I mean, I I would expect a lot of teams to go with that motto of just, you know, targeting European or um, Q players more than the OHL and the WHL, unfortunately for those players. But I do think, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Flyers do end up looking at uh, or drafting a couple of those players because depending on what's going on in either round, quality players may drop. And I do think that the Flyers have a good relationships with the OHL or the WHL. So in like their scouts, maybe they haven't seen um, this player play, obviously, but they have good relationships with the coaching or a training staff that, you know, could give them maybe more insight on a player. So while I do expect them to target those uh, European or Q players, I wouldn't be surprised if we end up getting a quality or an under, or I won't say underrated, uh, a surprise player that does really well that would that fell maybe to the fifth or the sixth round. Yeah, and I think especially given that the Flyers have a strong history with scouting in Sweden, mm-hmm. that that could be, you know, a really strong market for them to take a look at potential picks in. So be interested to see how that plays out. All right. So wrapping things up with our Flyers fun thing, the Flyers put out Pride Night wallpapers, which uh, they're having their Pride Night game on May 3rd versus the Penguins. And I thought they actually looked pretty cool. I mean, you know, I'm a little hesitant to see what they're actually going to do on Pride Night, but I like how they incorporated the famous love statue into the Pride design, made it sort of Philly and Pride at the same time. Yeah, I agree with you there. I thought they were really cool. 
Well, thanks for listening to today's show. We'll be back again tomorrow to begin to wrap up this Devil's Week, uh, recapping tonight's game. And of course, we'll have our gritty thing of the week. As a reminder, we do want to hear from you. Send us in your questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers, or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Danielle. You can find me on Twitter at Danielle underscore Nick. That's Danielle underscore N-I-C-C. And I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.